The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. Whistleblower Wednesday. And so you're going to have Mr. Shapley and Whistleblower X. Whistleblower X. Whistleblower X will be unveiled. (laughs) I think they'll bring them in wearing a mask. (laughs) That's why I'm laughing. I'm doing the same thing. That's what I was. That's why I started chuckling there. Whistleblower X. But uh, Whistleblower X will be identified. All right. Just so everybody knows. It's not. Not good. And, and you and I were wondering last week, and uh, Comer said it. He says, no, he will identify himself, uh, you know, at the uh, at the hearing, which will be interesting. Well, wouldn't it be interesting if the person legally changed their name to Whistleblower X? Wow. I mean, if we're going to, you know, we're going to do this, let's have some fun. That's the name of my next band. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably going to be a swing band because my next band, I'll be 80 years old. My next band will be my first you, band. You may not want to do swing in that case. You, you may want to do something slower. <laughs> Smooth jazz. <laughs> uh, what to expect? Doesn't smooth jazz sound like something you take at breakfast time when you're eight years old? <laughs> hey, did you take your smooth jazz this morning? I did. I did. Yes, with my prunes. Uh, all right, so what can we expect? Let's play this audio here from James uh, Comer. On with CBS News last night. What is the goal of the IRS whistleblower testimony? Well, we want this to be a very substantive hearing. Uh, two goals I have is, number one, to determine whether or not there were crimes committed by the Biden family, and number two, to determine whether or not our federal government has obstructed in the IRS investigation of criminal activity by the Biden family. You recently heard from a former senior FBI official about this investigation. What can you share? 
Well, I can share that he 100% confirmed what the whistleblower said with respect to their investigation being obstructed. Uh, the whistleblower confirmed what the whistleblowers told the Ways and Means Committee in the transcribed interview that the day before they were set to interview Hunter Biden about criminal activity, that the Secret Service and the Biden transition team were both tipped off and uh, warned Hunter Biden. And then mysteriously, this interview never took place after that. So that's very concerning. That would lead one to believe that there was obstruction of this investigation. So uh, there you go. And by the way, this is a, a senior FBI official. Now, he's calling him a whistleblower. He said the whistleblower will verify what the other whistleblower said. Now, I don't know if that's a mistake mm. because the FBI whistleblower, remember, you know, you, you heard the, the story that a letter was sent basically from the FBI lawyers telling him there are certain things that, that he uh, or whatever, I don't know, it's a senior FBI official, he or she can't talk about. Yeah. And that, that you know, that had come out. But uh, as you said, a senior uh, FBI official has 100% confirmed the IRS whistleblower's claims related to obstruction. Now, the thing that I want, and I, I found it interesting because you and I wondered, well, how come we never got the suspicious activity reports? You know, we've, we've been told about the money transfers. Where are, this, where, you know, where are the specifics of what was in the basic SARS report? Uh, well, well, I won't say SARS report. That's actually redundant. Suspicious activity report. Um, uh, but uh, as uh, Representative Biggs said, it's uh, it, that those are still classified. And I guess he said classified. I don't think it's a top secret kind of classification. What it is, it's financial records. It's bank records of an individual. And so that has to be approved. How you approve that, I don't know. Right. And, and that, that's still to be uh, found out. What I would want uh, is what, in, in the generality of what Comer was saying, that's what I would want. And that is you need to start getting more specific on what the criminal wrongdoing is. You have the IRS agents there. These are the IRS agents that are whistleblowers. All right. It's going to be a little dramatic because one whistleblower X. I wonder if I, I keep thinking. All right. Was, Shapley comes out and then there's the guy with the mask. It's like, all right, sir, are you willing to identify yourself? And you know, so he reaches to the top of his head, pulls off his mask. And and it's Jesse Ventura. I'm going to say, no, it's Lois Lerner. No. Uh, no, she, <laughs> she retired um, with full benefits, of course. Uh, but. Uh, it will be interesting to see, you know, how they expand because one of the you would ha somebody's going to have to ask the question on the Republican side. From what you have seen, does the money trail lead to the president? That's a fair yeah, question, is right. it not? No, it's, that's why it's, that's why you're there. Well, and and I would think you you would want to demonstrate that as soon as possible. And and you, while it's not proof. If you're bringing forward whistleblowers, that's a big deal. No, we need to shut up now. Mm. Why? We're not going to say what we want. Mm. Because as soon as we do, we can almost guarantee that the Republicans not gonna happen. will not be focused on that.
Yeah, I'm not sure that they would be anyway. Yeah, and you know that's that, and that's the whole thing. God, is that you're bringing a whistleblower forward? You, uh, the question today, can you tie that flow of money directly to the president? And and I know you have to go through the measures to do that legally. But when you're questioning, have you done that yet? If you're talking to a whistleblower, is this flow of money connected directly to the current president? Yeah, okay, that's that would be a safe way to put it then, right? Yes, right. You're not accusing any wrongdoing. You're just no. saying, is the, is does there the money, a connection? Right. Did that money flow to an account with his name on it well uh, maybe a democrat might ask that question believing that if the republicans don't that they don't have that ah yeah right yeah well or do you dare ask the question or do you exactly if you're a democrat i think the the only play you want uh the only play you the, the only risk you'll take which is almost no risk is to go after the person, go after the... But if a Republican asks the question, does the money trail go to the president? You have to ask it one day. Did you see no, yeah. where the money trail... Because if you if he says, no, we don't have that, well, then that would open up the Democrats to pound on you the entire rest of the time. Right. Look, they just admitted they don't even have the thing that goes to the president. Right. Well, but if, then, but if then, you already know, if you already know that it doesn't, if you are on the committee and you know that they don't, you can't demonstrate that yet. You never bring that up. How can't you know? Well, they with, may with, not with, with all the twenty. If they've got the twenty LLCs, at least mm-hmm. twenty of them, mm-hmm. and they know it's gone to nine different Biden family members, right? Oh, did you see the one where they said uh, it was this Romania? where the money went to one of the business partners of, uh, this is in the timeline yesterday, mm. uh, and this is Romania, one of the Romanian people worked for the Chinese energy company. That's why you're like, well, Romania, why does it? Because one of the people worked for the Chinese energy companies, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they actually sent, what was a hundred and something thousand uh, to uh, one of his business associates, mm. and the business associate wired that money or sent that money to a dealership who bought, who then Hunter Biden got a fancy car from. Mm-hmm. That's how you hide the income, though, right? Yeah, sure. Did, you, did he pay taxes on that one? No, the, but, if the money is wired you, directly to, uh, a, you know, a number of uh, locations where an, a- an asset is provided to Hunter or Joe or a family member. In return for that money being wired to them. That's the when oh, by the way, clear money laundering. Oh yeah. When when Comer said last week that you know you know, they're they're gonna come out with, you know, some new uh you know, bank statements. Mm-hmm. He was pretty clear on that that will be shocking. The only thing that would shock me now would be the bank statements tie in the president. Anything else that tied after the bribe stuff and everything else, what you're looking for is the electronic evidence 
that it went to the president. Mm. Or it might not be electronic evidence. It could be paper evidence, whatever, that this money was transferred here, transferred here, and then went here and then uh, built him an addition on his house. Yeah. I mean, how do you, you know, and so when Comer said it will shock, I said, well, what will shock me? More of Hunter? No, we already know the Hunter stuff, mm-hmm. and we already know the allegations of, what, at least $10 million going to the president in the uh, from the WhatsApp, the WhatsApp message, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the source uh, testimony for the, the, the 1023, which may be talked about today. Right. which was another $5 million. So you've got $10 million. Have they traced any of that to the president would be the question you would ask. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, besides that, if Democrats dare to ask that, if they believe the Republicans haven't asked that question, so there's an opening, and I don't know what Democrats know. I don't know what Republicans fully know. I don't know what Democrats fully know on this. But I believe what you'll see, without question, you're going to see an attack on Shapley. And the whistleblower X, they'll be asking whistleblower X if they don't know who whistleblower X is when whistleblower X reveals himself or herself at that point, they will ask some questions like, did you vote for Trump? Because the narrative is all of this going on with Republicans. There is nothing there for Biden at all. There's no evidence whatsoever. It's simply to deflect from Trump. So I expect that that would be what would be coming from Democrats towards both of these witnesses today yeah yeah um and and honestly if you're this deep in the process and you've got these whistleblowers in front of you there's no way that by now there isn't something that demonstrates a connection of money flowing to joe biden well if you have it and you present it and it's evidence how isn't that the end how is that the be-all, end-all de- at that point? Once you demonstrate that, demonstrate if, if, there the is, money- if there is hard evidence of that, it is over. It is over. And I, I really believe that many on Capitol Hill that have been there for a while, that have known about the behavior of Joe Biden for years and have kept their mouth shut, are just wondering themselves what the whistleblowers are going to say because this isn't you know this isn't um you know a an investigative reporter or a couple of uh reporters woodward and bernstein this is these are whistleblowers so they won't have the left the chuck schumers of the world they don't know and this isn't even like the last time where you had whistleblowers talking about the wrongdoings of the FBI in right, general. Right. You're talking whistleblowers Specifics. specifically saying there are major crimes here committed by the first family. Yeah. When he was the second family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Or the second family into being the uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, because it was, but it, but it all starts because if you look at the timeline, it all starts when he was when he was vice president, right. as we all know, right? And payments went to the family while he was vice president, right? That's the thing that ends it. Yeah, if you have evidence of that, yeah. 
It is over. 86690 Red Eye. Record high temperatures continue throughout the south and west. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey starts with Our hottest deserts of the southwest, a temperature of 129 degrees. Last Sunday, near Death Valley, California, just a few miles from the official observation site. And the official Death Valley observation recorded 128 degrees on Sunday, July 16th. Meanwhile, in Kingman, Arizona, we saw an all time record high temperature, a community where weather records go back more than 100 years. The temperature there last Saturday, July 15th, hit 114 degrees. All-time record in Kingman had been 113 degrees set twice before. While Reno, Nevada last Sunday reported a record-tying all-time high temperature of 108 degrees Fahrenheit. Rippy adds heat at record high temperatures is expected to continue through this week in several locales in the southern and western U.S. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there... Don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So this is really going to be interesting today to watch uh, Whistleblower uh, uh, Wednesday because this is the first time 
in the Biden administration and uh, and this effort uh, for the you know Republicans since they have had power to actually bring specific FBI whistleblowers in that were investigating a particular crime. Mm-hmm. That's what's so unique. Yeah, and and I, and I sort of reference this in the last segment when I was talking about the whistleblowers that were there before from the FBI. They were talking about as we you know the thing the FBI agent talking about the fact of why am I sitting in a school that that was more the general weaponization of the the FBI and there's and you know we all know that they were attacked you know uh, their credibility you know the Democrats attempted to destroy it. This is the first time these are not whistleblower agents from the from the FBI. These are IRS investigate criminal investigative whistleblowers. Right. Looking at specific crimes. That's why this may get very, very interesting today. Well, and I really wonder how much we'll learn about the hard evidence and documents that they may have. If those SARS aren't presented, then is there anything that we can learn from them that can be relayed essentially to the representatives, to the committee will be the question. And that's, I think, going to be a a big part of it. But as we've been saying from the beginning, from the very beginning, it is all about the money flow. It is all about the flow of Mm -hmm. money. That's how you determine. That's all you really need right at this point, that's it. isn't, isn't that's, it? That's it. That's what you need. You that's need it. you need the elect- either the electronic or paper evidence right. where the money went. Exactly. And at that particular point, you know, where the money where the money went and if it wasn't reported. Right. And I'm talking about not Hunter Biden. Right. Right. And when you see all of those things, I mean you know, we mentioned the uh, the dealership. We mentioned, you know, work done for the Bidens. Any of that. You can see the flow of money is, again, because if you're talking about such large amounts of money, does anybody believe they're carrying around massive duffel bags filled with money? That's possible. But it's more likely it would be electronic transfers. Exactly. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen to when and where you want. If you can't listen live uh, overnight, well, yesterday uh, Trump got a letter from hmm. the uh, January 6th special counsel, uh, which you call a target letter he may have to testify before the the uh, the the grand jury uh the scuttlebutt around washington yesterday is that this is an indication that he will be charged 
as we asked, and so did Larry Kudlow from Fox Business News, to constitutional law professor Jonathan Turley, what would these charges be? Yeah, well, right. that's what we have have to wait to see if there is an indictment following this letter. There usually is. Uh, these letters are taken as uh, a virtual guarantee of an indictment. Now, this is a special counsel, so he could be just sort of dotting the I's and crossing the T's and not indict uh, Trump in the long run. But most of the money in Washington is that an indictment's forthcoming. If so, it may be one of the most controversial cases in history. If, if Smith brings charges based on that speech that you quoted from, I think it will be likely struck down on appeal. In my view, Trump's speech on January 6th was entirely protected under the First Amendment and under governing cases, uh, one called Brandenburg, uh, which says that you cannot criminalize this type of speech. Hmm. Now, he may be trying, that is, Smith may be trying for some other angles. He may argue that uh, Trump's efforts to oppose the certification, present a separate slate of electors, constitute a crime. That is also going to be controversial because the Democrats use this very same law repeatedly to challenge Republican presidents. Actually, the chairman of the January 6th committee was one of those who previously challenged certification. Now, the third possibility is that he, they're going to base it on this idea that uh, Trump really didn't believe what his lawyers were telling him, that is, John Eastman and others, that he could uh, stop the certification. But that also would be a new law and not very good law in the making. Uh, you know, you'd have to prove that Trump clearly believed they were wrong. I mean, Trump had a division of lawyers. The White House counsel uh, disagreed with Eastman, as did I and many others. But he also had other lawyers who told him, no, you can do this. It's hard to see how you can criminalize that choice between lawyers. And and uh, b- before we continue with that, that's where uh, Turley is talking about uh, the the January 6th committee with the false statement charge. Right. And we're like, no, you're not talking about a contract or, or being under oath. That doesn't make any sense. And then he addressed the whole speech issue, which would be, you know, the speech was the indicator that there was a conspiracy, you know, to, you know, to uh, have a riot, insurrection, whatever you wish to uh, to to call it. Hmm. And that just was the case. And the other one would be that uh, would be uh, obstruction of justice. And as Turley has said, and we went earlier uh, through not what the possible charges might be. But what the January 6th committee in their, uh, what do they call it, the criminal referral. Referral. The criminal referral they gave to the Department of Justice. We went through that point by point today, and we've gone through it a couple of times in the past and went, just don't see anything uh, uh, there. And then Cudlow gets into talking with Jonathan Turley uh, about uh, the entire, you know, insurrection claim that was also part of the January 6th committee criminal referrals. You don't think, um, so that's an interesting angle too. All those are interesting angles. Um, I thought just because I'm a layperson that they were looking for in some kind of insurrection charge, Jonathan Turley, and I don't see it. Uh, I'm not sure anybody sees it. And I think on the other side of that question, Jonathan, you know, 
normal average person looks at this and they think of politics and weaponization or whatever, but it sure looks like the cards are scrambled against Donald Trump. Well, most polls show that the public does not view January 6th as an insurrection, nor do I. It was a riot. It was a protest that got out of hand. And that doesn't excuse the people that were charged. But the polls indicate that the public doesn't buy this argument. Now, if, if Smith is trying to litigate an insurrection claim, I think he'll lose in the long run. But in the interim, I think he will even further deepen our divides. You know, he's been a controversial prosecutor in a few respects. The McDonald case was a case he brought against the Republican governor of Virginia. Mm -hmm. uh, eight to zero was the vote of the Supreme Court rejecting his overextension of federal law to make that prosecution. The Supreme Court uh, really rebuked him and the rest of the team uh, for stretching the law. This had better not be another McDonald case. Uh, because the public won't stand for it, and we don't need that type of division. So we'll have to see if he has new evidence. But right now, I have to tell you, I'm leery as to how he would make this a criminal case. One well, of the things that you, yeah. you know, I think you may be going on the same track I am, that from what Tully just uh, uh, said there, you know, maybe as new evidence. First thing I think of, if there's ever any evidence against Trump, it always gets leaked. We hear about it. That's in, exactly where I was in going. Order, in yeah. order to justify this moment here, yeah. Yeah. to justify it so there's not questioning, oh, well, no, the leak is the source story from the Washington Post that Trump did this. That's, that's what they must be relating to. But the fact is nobody can figure out, especially after the January 6th, you know, bogus committee right. with no cross-examination or defense uh, 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 available, they couldn't make a case. Well, well that's it. So during that entire time of the committee and assuming that uh, this, uh, you know, from the special prosecutor is coming from uh, one of the referrals. They couldn't get or even if it isn't during that entire time, the committee existed. There was nothing. Think about everything. I, it was a big nothing game. Think about all of that time where it was vetted how many times. Remember at the end uh, when the Republicans won the House and they were basically closing up shop on the January 6th committee? You know, and it's like, well, we're going to do this and we're going to. Well, if I'm a liberal, I'm thinking, why, why didn't you guys start there? You know, you've got January 6th in your rear view. You've got all the. Uh, arrests from the FBI of people that went into the Capitol building. You got all these things that happened, yet you still brought nothing. So how could there be new information? What it reeks of is exactly what you just heard from Jonathan Turley, and that's the history of this prosecutor and, and his behavior to really go beyond the limits of the law and to overreach when it comes to prosecutorial matters and and these are the you know the, the, those are the things that you look at it and you say okay what is actionable here well the left doesn't care what's actionable or not they'll go on it and they'll stretch the law in order to make it fit their narrative and keep in mind they really don't need this thing to see the light of day in court they just need to get it through november of next year i believe that one of the biggest miscalculations of 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 democrats was uh, not just how they put together 
the January 6th uh, uh, committee, uh, but the, 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 the process that they followed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I had talked about this, you know, when it happened, that it's like, wow, this mirrors exactly, you know, what happened during impeachment number one. Yeah. Where Gerald Nadler, and, and now impeachment number one, takes a complete... Is yeah. on a completely different level. Oh my gosh. With, with everything that we know yeah. now about, you know, about Burisma and all the different allegations uh, out there. As we said, you can legitimately ask the question was the first impeachment because Donald Trump was getting too close to the actual corruption of the Biden family? You can actually make and ask that question. And, and I think, you, and, I think, I think it is a very and, strong theory. And if people go, okay, well, yeah. Uh, you an investigative mind would go there at that point mm-hmm. because there was nothing there. And then the way that they ran that, which Gerald Nadler and a lot of people, I was telling the story the other day to a couple of friends. I go, what? We didn't know that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Nadler, you know, they found out Nadler told, uh, uh, both, um, uh, Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi, we can't do this. Yeah. The process of impeachment that we're going through, this is Gerald Nadler as radical as he yeah. is. Yeah. This process is unconstitutional. Gerald Nadler, when has Gerald Nadler ever been afraid to go on a stretch? Never. Ever. Ever. Never, ever. No. It doesn't happen. So if Nadler is telling his own party, we can't do this. And think about that. That CIA officer that went to Adam Schiff's office is the same CIA officer that was assigned to Biden and Ukraine. And so when you look at at that history and then you see and we were just we were surprised, you know, when they decided to go through the process of basically uh, eliminating any cross examination. You know, they they picked. Now, we know it was a horrible decision, the probably the worst political decision in her life, uh, uh, you know, Cheney, the worst political decision of her life. Uh, and you know, she said she did the America great service. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And the, the thing is, and, and when her father back or when her, uh, uh, father backed her, I said, he doesn't really back her. No. When he was a member of Congress, if some, if the Democrats would have put together a situation like that without any type of due process or cross-examination of the witness, allowing a defense of a cross-examination against a witness and the evidence Dick Cheney would have been the first one to say this is pure BS. Yeah. So Dick Cheney was just protecting his daughter. Yeah. He was lying yeah. when he said he backed his daughter on it. Yeah. He didn't. No, he didn't. He did. No. And it was and it was horrendous what she did because she was involved again, you know, being set up by the Democrats, believing some type of delusion that she was there was some type of righteousness in what she was doing when it was completely devoid of any type of political due process. And understand that when you do things like this, even because people will say, well, it's political, not criminal. Look, it was Gerald Nadler in the political process of impeachment that said that this is unconstitutional as to what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So, but for them to go down that path to begin with, was a huge mistake. It helped, I believe, as Jonathan Turley talked about the polls, where the, the American public does not believe it's an insurrection. They believe it is a 
they believe it was a a uh, a protest that became a riot and went out of control, yeah. which would be accurate as to what uh, happened. The American public believes it. But it was the change, I think, was the American public seeing, well, wait a minute, this is just, this is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And from the very beginning, the majority believed that it was a, and it is a political process, but when you ask Americans if it's a political process, I, I believe that in the polls of rest, what they were saying is it's tainted. Yeah. It's not a right. fair process. Right. Americans believe we've watched enough of Perry Mason, Matlock, and Law and Order. Yeah. We know how it works. Yeah. We, Americans may not know the three branches of government. But they can tell you how a case works. But Americans know there's a prosecution and there's a defense, and you get to cross-examine the witnesses, and you get to challenge any of the evidence. That did not exist there. So Americans knew immediately... And Liz Cheney still doesn't understand this, does she? No. She no. still doesn't understand. No. And it, you wonder, you go, you knock on the head. Is there anything in there? You didn't recognize She's this? blinded by her hatred for Trump. Well, that's a great point. What gets you to that point of not of realizing that you're involved in a, a process that eliminates due process? When you carry that anti-Trump flag, you're... Everything else just goes away. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. It wasn't a big story yesterday, but when I saw it, it was late that uh, Mm. the uh, United States has pulled all funding from the Wuhan lab. And that, uh, just a couple of days after the uh, Republicans came out with the emails that uh, they say, and it sure seems like it, were Fauci knew that gain-of-function research was being done and American dollars were being used to uh, do it. And now the Republicans want him to come forward and testify under oath again. We just found it interesting that in all this time of the Democratic administration, you know, not admitting that, you know, what Fauci was saying was wrong and he might have known it, when all this comes out, all of a sudden they decide to pull all funding Saying yeah. they're not getting cooperation from right. China. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. Hey guys, welcome to the Candy Valentino Show. I'm Candy Valentino. I was a founder before I could legally order a drink. And for more than two and a half decades, I've built, scaled, acquired, and exited multiple businesses in diverse industries. Now my goal is to help you by sharing the knowledge that I've learned, the mistakes that I've made, and the wisdom that I've developed over my journey. Bi-weekly episodes every Monday and Thursday. The Candy Valentino Show, wherever you listen. 
Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of Season 2 of the hit podcast series, In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. Binge Seasons 1 and 2 of In the Red Clay now, wherever you listen.